Hello and welcome to the Three Plains Sports Podcast. Just three plain guys from the Great Plains, talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host, producer Dylan, joined by two Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim front office consultants. First, dumping all of his bottles of blue curacao after the Little League World Series loss on Sunday, the dozen celebrity mashup assassin and curator of the Joe Flacco Elite Meter, Colin. Good evening. Finally, negotiating for a per diem of cocaine on his salary, middle school reunion planner and fantasy football commissioner extraordinaire, Sam. Thank you, Dylan. Okay, I finally got through that fucking intro. Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, August 29th, as the Astros take on the Red Sox. Uh, let's get started with the pregame. I got a few news items uh, for us, so we'll start off with a little bit of baseball. I touched on this uh, once already in this short show so far. Uh, but uh, on Sunday, California hit a walk-off home run to beat Curacao 6-5 to in the Sunday championship game of the Little League World Series. I didn't watch that, but Colin did. I actually didn't remember to turn on the final until uh, the last, pretty much the last inning, the bottom of the last inning, and Sam and I turned it on and got to witness, yeah, that walk-off. We didn't, what we didn't hear was uh, Carl Ravitch with what had to have been one of the rudest uh, commentator jinxes out there to do to some young men of Curacao. He had (laughs) just said they had not allowed a home run all tournament. And next uh, swing of the bat goes over the fence. So, wow. now I kept up with the early bit of the tournament and the regional section. I did get a little lost on uh, the towards the end. Um, I will say this year pointed out a design flaw with the tournament that I have seen before, but they do double elimination until the pretty much each side of the bracket, the international side and the U.S. side's final. So both teams that won their, uh, I'm pretty sure both teams that won their bracket had one loss and took out undefeated teams. I know Curacao did it to Chinese Taipei. I can't remember if Texas uh, was undefeated. I'm pretty sure Texas was undefeated and lost to California, and they were eliminated. Interesting. Uh, I mean, that's not that much different than, like, the College World Series, except the College World Series doesn't have, like, two separate brackets that come together. Well, so yeah, I, I mean, I mean... It's elimination. Yeah, but, so Texas and Chinese Taipei only lost once, and it was that final game. And that eliminated them. While meanwhile, Curacao and oh. uh, Curacao and California had a loss on their docket already. Sam, without looking it up, can you tell me where Curacao is? <laughs> oh fuck you! I'm terrible <laughs> at geography. Uh, it's probably uh, probably somewhere near uh, I don't know Jamaica or some shit. I don't know. I could be a respectable you know answer. <laughs> So it's a it's a large globe. It could be a lot worse. It's off the coast. It's an island nation off the coast of Venezuela. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but moving into some professional baseball, uh, briefly, uh, last night, Jose Altuve hit the cycle versus the Red Sox. That's his first one in uh, 
his 2,000 hit career wow. so far. That's only so your second uh, extras mention here in the fourth minute of the pot. <laughs> yeah. Hell of a pace. Fuck uh, yeah, talk more little cycle. league. It's just, just, it's wait. just like Domingo Hermont throwing the perfect game. Everybody doing the cool shit this year sucks, and I, I just don't even care that it happened. Fuck them. Uh, well, you know what? We might get to mention the Astros a little bit more because the other thing I wanted to mention, the AL West has become an absolute slugfest with three teams vying for first place. Uh, basically because the Rangers lost eight straight. The Astros didn't quite lose eight straight, but they tried their best to do the same. And uh, one of those was the series against Seattle, where Seattle has surged now to the lead of the AL West, despite being third or fourth the entire season. Uh, But they're all within a game of each other. And actually, the only reason the Rangers are above the Astros is because the Rangers have one less loss. So, like, the percentage barely works out ahead of them, even though they have fewer wins. Yeah, you know who has not surged to the top of the AL West? <laughs> the Los Angeles Angels. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, what that... a are they worse? Are they run worse than uh, the A's? So that, I... that just depends what you're looking for, man. But I obviously run office wise. Well, you I could was... argue. I was behind on the news today because I was ahead. I think slightly on college football news, but. Uh, did they, they dealt, well, they, they waived Lucas Giolito among others. Among numerous others, dude, they cut like six MLB roster level guys just purely to save the cash. All those guys are eligible to be claimed and play in the playoffs for other teams. And literally Giolito, Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez are the guys like we traded them at the deadline like a month ago for a, for an actual kind of decent prospect hall. And then they're they're waived a month <laughs> later. That's that's some crazy shit, legitimately. And Harrison Bader's on waivers. This is a weird day. A lot of teams just straight up dumping guys. I mean, not just that. They weren't the only two that they traded for that they dumped. They uh, dropped yeah, CJ Crone and uh, Grichik. They got from the yeah. Rockies. Yeah. So literally four of the six guys for sure that uh they dropped five oh hunter renfro did they trade now uh oh, did, so. they didn't drop they it was renfro not crone that got cut okay but still three of the five guys they cut they traded for yeah, and they, it's not like it's not like they didn't pay a decent price for him either I feel like it'd be a little bit of a power move for somebody who does for i don't know one of the contending teams who doesn't need a pitcher to to sign Lucas Giolito and then just make him a bullpen bitch. Sam think it'd be Sam thinks it would be quite funny if the White Sox brought him back. <laughs> well, I do think it'd be funny. I know they won't, but they, cause they did the same shit with Mike Clevenger actually. But yeah, just like Chris Getz can basically walk in the door, go get his his uh, <laughs> former stud starting pitcher back. And we still have the prospects to look uh, and be proud about too. I feel like he could he could claim a pretty early win on that. But what would we be wild? What would be wild is if there was not a lot of other interest in Giolito, which there will be. So they they can't do this. But where like they offer him back below what he was getting paid before. I believe that his contract. He's still getting paid his White Sox contract. And I think that whoever claims him on waivers is just assuming that contract rather gotcha. than him, him getting offers right now. Well, he could renegotiate because, you know, Jerry's Jerry's got the uh, the purse real tight. Yeah, I mean, he, like, could, he hey, could hey, go pal. sign an extension somewhere. Yeah, hey, hey, pal, you want to get on the roster? We, we can't afford you. <laughs> I don't think he's dying to go back there. 
You, he doesn't want to go uh, bunk with Tim Anderson on the road? I guess not. That's part of why I think it'd be funny, too, is honestly just from Giolito's perspective, you know that at the time he got traded, and he's a Southern California guy, too, so that only plays further into this. But he had to have been thinking, like, thank fucking God at this point. I'm out of town. Like, back, getting back home, playing for a team that, despite being the Angels, was a step up in terms of uh, relevance this season and, and contention this season. And then he went and pitched like shit, and then a month later he's on waivers. And just can you imagine if he had to take his ass, walk of shame right back <laughs> into fucking guaranteed rate field and pitch another like three or four shitty starts with the socks and then hit the road again? It'd just but, be too funny, man. You know what? Imagine now if he parlays this into a World Series ring. Yeah, I'd be happy for him. It could happen. Uh, let's pivot from some baseball into a little bit of college football news. Uh, this is one that Sam alerted me to, although I was just tuning into the radio show that would have immediately told me this shortly after he uh, sent the text. Uh, Arik Gilbert, that's how I'm told it's pronounced. It's not Eric, it's Arik uh, Gilbert, arrested early this morning on burglary charges. So for those who aren't aware, uh, he is a current Nebraska tight end who started at LSU, transferred Georgia, and then transferred to Nebraska. So a guy who's bounced around a lot. Oh, uh, yeah, arrested early this morning, like, like I don't know, like 2 a.m. early this morning on burglary charges. Uh, he hit a liquor store vape shop by finding a piece of broken concrete in the – he didn't even, like, plan necessarily this. This is like a crime of opportunity or something. Because according to the police report, he stumbled across like a chunk of broken concrete in the parking lot of this store and threw it through the plate glass window. And when the cops found him, he was walking home just with a bag of like $1,600 worth of stolen vape and Delta 8 CBD and and liquor and lighters and shit. Uh, this is all while Gilbert is still awaiting a ruling from the NCAA on his transfer waiver. Although that's probably not going to matter anymore because I, I understand that Matt Rule is kind of an upstanding guy, at least much more so than the last coach. And uh, he might not let that one fly. Uh, I'm not sure Arik is seeing the field this year anymore anyway. Uh, charges aside. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could have swore I just saw what was supposed to be a video of him uh, causing some mischief, but now I can't <laughs> find it on Twitter. It said he was oh, arrested yeah. without incident, right? Yeah, no, he didn't put up a fight, from what I understand, but I don't understand. Like, did he get oh, some... Oh, oh, oh. Like, why do you... I don't understand that, I guess. Even if you're got, not getting a bunch of NIL money, you got it pretty fucking good. This guy, uh, yeah. even... The idea was that even if he didn't get the waiver, he couldn't play this year. Basically, this staff was just going to try to prepare him for the NFL, you know, might not have been a drafted guy, might have found his way into a practice squad or a, uh, you know, be the 53rd man on a roster or something, you know? Yeah. And it's a hell of a fall from grace. Cause I mean, I don't know if, if how familiar you are with his backstory. I know you mentioned like that he, he started LSU, went to Georgia, all that. So obviously at LSU did play Georgia. Schools. I mean, I, I can't even remember if he how productive he was at LSU, maybe plenty, but I, I believe when he was like a recruit, he was one of the highest rated tight end recruits maybe ever, like mm-hmm. an elite of the elite five-star sort of guy, tons of hype, um, and just has not really found anywhere he can seem to stick. And then this, this does not help the image one little bit. 
No, the uh, the hype around his transfer to Nebraska was that, hey, uh, Nebraska's at like two of the highest rated tight ends over the last however many years on their roster now between him and Thomas Fedoni. But no, he's uh, he's thrown, he, he's pulled, uh, the audience won't get this, but Sam will, he's pulled a nice Alfonso Dennard to really ruin his life, his once promising <laughs> life. Yeah, I just sent y'all the video. It's the fucking surveillance of the fucking cameras from the dude's store like, that he posted online of him breaking in like a like, fucking idiot. Homeboy had to, just, like I said, he picked up a chunk of concrete. He didn't. He might have planned this, but he didn't plan it very well. At the very least, bring your own goddamn brick or something, right? Dude, he had to crawl through the lower portion of the fucking door. Oh my he had God. like a mask on or like... No, he took his shirt off at the very beginning of the video. He ties his shirt over his head. Because at yeah, the very beginning of the video, he fucking has it on, and there's a clip of him doing that and fucking tying it on it. Well, Jesus not tying Christ. it on his face, but covering his face. It's a fun fact. People in <laughs> Omaha like to call Lincoln Crime Town. <laughs> that, oh, is God, a, that's yeah. a, that is a shitty uh, liquor store, though. Uh, no, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't walking home, man. They were waiting for his ass outside. <laughs> Did he drop that shit so quick? Just the, the hands up together is a soft hands up, man. That is a that's a dangerous that is, hands up, man. <laughs> that is an emasculated hands up right there. I, just like you know close to the chest, like ah. Homeboy could have bought that shit. He's twenty one. He could have walked in and bought that shit. I'm yeah. sure he's got some cash. That NIL check must not have cleared. Or maybe he, uh, maybe, maybe he lost it all gambling on Iowa sports. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's got, just got across the river. He's not that far away from legal gambling. <laughs> Is this going to hurt him. Nebraska recruiting, though, that you're like, look at this five-star motherfucker having to kick in the <laughs> interior door of a vape <laughs> shop to have a good time in this piece of shit town? <laughs> I mean, depending on what you're, depending on who you are, that might be a, you know, hey, look how much fun you can have in this town. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you can do that just about anywhere. Just there for the taking. You just got to be quicker uh, inside. Got to be quicker than that. Uh, so speaking of watching things involving college football, I don't know. This one was very interesting to me. Have you guys seen this? ESPN will broadcast ACC football games and New Year's Six Bowl games this year at movie theaters as part of a theatrical distribution agreement with Theater Sports Network. Uh, that is uh, that is something. That's interesting. I, I, I can't almost imagine wouldn't. doing that. I would do it once. Yeah. At least once. <sighs> See, like, the upside is like that, The sort of the surround sound and the screen would be sick. But then you got to go pay, uh, you know, not quite stadium beer level prices, but not uh, bar or probably home beer prices. But you know what? If they kind of like if they don't make it would be better if they don't make the theater completely dark. Like if they leave it like the preview lighting level where it's a little brighter and you can still see shit. It's to me, this is like now, granted, I'm not going to go see any local ACC games because we don't live in that area. But it's like uh, when... I think it happens in baseball more so and football some where at the stadium they play when it's an away game for like a playoff game or something they play the game yeah on the on the the stadium screens which you can't see very well but that's not the point the point is you go there and it's just it's like you're at the game it's a big party all the fans are there i think that's uh -huh. actually kind of cool i would consider doing it for a new year's six bowl if say well nebraska won't if oklahoma <laughs> 
made it to a New Year's Six Bowl, and by some miracle, a a, a theater local to me, or maybe even one in Oklahoma City, had it at a theater, I would consider trying that. Yeah, I'm sort of 50-50. I just also have, like, a preferred location that I can go be an annoying motherfucker and get drunk at and pretty much do whatever I want, so... Do you think they'd sponsor the pod? We could do live (laughs) podcasts from that location. They they probably haven't heard some of the way I speak on this, so they probably don't want to be a a part of that. (laughs) They've probably heard me speak exactly like this, actually. Yeah, I'm sure anybody left yeah i don't i just don't need to be flipping anyone off while yeah, i'm there when you're, on, you're, fight. When you're on your fourth lunch beer i'm sure the i'm sure the filter stays on <laughs> firmly colin hey hey <laughs> we max out three lunch beers he's got his cat whiskers drawn on his cheeks at the fucking comedy night or whatever god hey i was in the right <laughs> yeah i bet <sighs> Yeah, but that comedian would have thrown a left and rocked your ass. Dude, no, I was not fucking worried from Chunk from the Goonies. <laughs> he could have trouble take... shuffled his ass the fuck away from me. I mean, having seen footage of Colin in a fight, I'd probably take Chunk. <laughs> I can take a fucking punch, though. You could take one, but th- that's all. <laughs> <laughs> take another. Uh, well, yeah, but that, trust me, Yo, his cardio, listen. his cardio is not prepped for me fucking two seconds of punching is yours yeah i mean dude that dude was fucking that dude was mini butterbean if he was gonna be a boxing god butter hey butterbean kick all of our asses well i know that's what i'm saying like that's his peak is a 510 butterbean who uh whose outfit was a, a zoom in because he oh he was wearing God. a fucking button up up top and like shitty shorts underneath for zoom call shit and I was like it's gonna be a rough night of comedy when it started with that. Well we don't we don't publish the uh the video of our podcast, but that's also what we do on this podcast. We have our suits on, like we are a professional sports news organization but then we are fully naked below what, the, what you can see on the screen <laughs> just fully yeah uh, <laughs> fucking full montying each other all right uh into something i like to call slow pitch fast pitch where uh, i give each of my co-hosts here takes that i've come up with the week uh, over the week some of them are shittier than others uh, the slow pitch is supposed to be an easier buy, an easier take, maybe more easy to agree with, whereas the fast pitch is more of a hot take. Sometimes it's blazing hot. Sometimes it's a little bit lukewarm. Um, let's bring this back. Colin, do you think... <laughs> God damn it, Colin. Colin, <laughs> Colin hey, hey that think... wasn't me. <laughs> do you think you have the slow pitch or the fast pitch? If it's not the slow pitch, I'll be quite surprised. I... Uh... I don't think you're throwing much slower. All right, Sam. Um, I I was I would have honestly guessed this was a, a slow pitch. I can see how it would it would register on the burner a little bit, but I, I wasn't uh, wasn't burnt by this one. Okay, well, Colin is correct this week. Uh, Colin, you have the slow pitch. Shohei Otani's UCL injury is going to cost him 150 million dollars on his next contract out of free agency. So, in in some semblance, I do buy this, uh, just because, uh, I mean, it's hard to sort of rationalize how much money he's probably going to make 
And, and just to put into context, they were talking, you know, this is a 600 million contract guy when he was yeah, fully healthy. Yeah, and right? so, like, I, yeah, I mean, th- there was numbers thrown all over the place. <laughs> I think that was probably the, the happy medium number. So I can see that being fair, like going down to 450, maybe 500, because if he's done pitching for a year, maybe even two, if you're playing it safe as an organization. Um, you're talking 2025 to be a starting pitcher again. And so, I mean, the upper echelon for those guys, like pay-wise, is probably, you know, Machado, Judge, and he's younger than them, so he can still get a 10-year, like a 10-year, you know, 500 million, you know, 450 million. <laughs> I can see that still happening. Um, it's just a, yeah, with him being sort of an unprecedented case in modern MLB for contracts, I, it could go any number of ways. Someone, this could cause someone to extra overpay for him, uh, paying, banking on like his UCL, like, like he's not as injury prone as DeGrom, but you know, you could see him getting overpaid in the way that DeGrom was for being a fucking liability of health. So the way I look at it, before I let Sam butt in here with his opinions, the way I look at it, okay, so now you're looking at the world's most expensive DH, right? I mean, pretty much the world's most expensive DH. For a little while. You can convert him maybe to something else, and I don't know what his skill set looks like in the outfielder's skill set looks like at first base where, you know, eh, you you can have a gimpy arm if you had to. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think he honestly, I think he probably will come back and, and pitch well enough that you can afford him to make that investment. I think it's it's a worthwhile investment still, even at an absurd price tag for the teams that are capable of fucking around and doing that. I think the Dodgers should be willing to cough that up. The Yankees should be willing to cough that up. I hope some other teams are willing to cough that up uh, because I don't really want to see him be a Dodger or a Yankee. But, I mean, I think he warrants the investment. I agree, yeah, he's going to be, like, next year he is going to be the world's most expensive DH. He also probably will be the world's best DH, although he might be more disproportionately expensive than he is good in the DH role. Right, because there's plenty of guys who could be the world's best DH if they didn't play a a skill position. (laughs) I mean, no, uh, there's Daniel Vogelbach. How many guys? How many guys are there that would be the world's best DH if they were all DH and probably only one? You know, no. but I, you know, I, I think it's gonna cost him money, and it bums me out because I was I've been kind of hyping it up for a while. Like I was so excited to see what kind of contract he would get if he finished this season out pitching very well and having the offensive season that he's had, because I think it would legitimately justify a price tag of, I don't know, seven, $800 million, something that just absolutely blows out of the water anything we've ever seen before in baseball. I still honestly expect that he'll come in over $500 million. I think some team for sure is going to talk themselves in, into that and, and the reality that or the belief that he can pitch another few good seasons for them sometime down the line on that contract while still being at minimum – as the world's most expensive DH, a very valuable piece of your lineup. You know, he's fast. He obviously hits for average. It's for power. He walks. He's a left-handed bat. Like, there's a, a place for him on any team, no matter how much or how little of him is going to be healthy and able to contribute. But I, I, so, I think maybe he, he does lose one or 200 mil off of this, and it's a shame. Okay, okay. 
So what if he, what if during his recovery, he just like discovers some, like he discovers McDonald's or something now and just like loses it, you know, just, just absolutely lets himself go. Won't happen, but just, <laughs> just let <laughs> it would be even bed. more similar to Babe Ruth. <laughs> uh, but uh, the the interesting take I heard from somebody else is what if this sets uh, what if this sets Shohei Otani on a path where he becomes you know a, a great DH but then transitions from a starting pitcher to a bullpen pitcher over you know over the course of how you know a couple of years now because of this and you know let's say he comes back to pitching he suffers another injury you know he transitions into a bullpen role what does that look like for his future. I think it's a good fallback option, honestly, and I think it's something that you don't need to necessarily plan to do, but it's still a way to get a little bit of additional value out of him down the line beyond just the hitting. Do you want your do you want your bullpen guy running the bases? I don't like he's already a little bit warm, which helps, but does that you know, limit I don't I don't know. I haven't really thought about this. I know guys I in mean, college do it a lot. Like does, there's a lot of two way guys in college who are closers who are shortstops or first base guys. Yeah, I mean, he still closed out the uh, WBC <clears throat> after playing the whole thing. Like it's, it, we've seen him do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I honestly hadn't even thought of that. It's sort of an intriguing way to go about it. Like you know, almost a you know a two inning closer if you really need mm-hmm. him to, yeah. like, or just straight up closer. You know, there's there's no or, way or, you don't value him to the point if he's he going might, to the bullpen, he's closing games. He might be. You're like best one inning swing pitcher ever if if he transitioned into a role like that you know like okay i need somebody to like we're getting we're getting drilled over the last two innings i need somebody to come in turn the tide for me over one inning get him out of there get a closer in who'll just finish out the game once we come up with a lead on you know hopefully in the next half inning he see he could be like the save king doing something like that yeah, yeah I mean, I mean there's, he has plenty of options to be valuable, that's for fucking sure. Yeah. So, all right, uh, out of the slow pitch, into the fast pitch. This is supposed to be a hotter take. Sounds like Sam thinks this one's a little bit lukewarm. Um, sometimes these are hot takes uh, amongst us. Sometimes these are hot takes uh, amongst the larger sports world. I think this is one of the latter. Uh, so, fast pitch. Ohio State this season is not only going to miss out on the college football playoff, but they won't even make the Big Ten championship game. Sam? Um, So the reason that I would say that this didn't strike me as too much of a hot take is because I believe that the the Vegas odds would suggest that this is the favored outcome, essentially, that that Michigan is just going to win their side of the Big Ten. Michigan was better last year. They looked soundly better, and and they, they went undefeated through the Big Ten to show for it. I think they're, they're bringing back most of that same talent. Whereas Ohio state is, is, you know, swapping out quarterbacks, which typically their quarterbacks will hit the ground running. So I'm not even really selling Ohio state's offense or anything like that. But I, I mean, I'm inclined to say, yeah, I agree. Like they're, they're going to be very good. I think there's a very good chance they're in like a new year's six bowl, despite not participating in either of these games that, that you have laid out here. Um, but I could I could have knocked out I, I that one too out of the I could have knocked that one on your pitch too because I think that they finished third in their division behind Penn State and Michigan. Okay, there, there's your hot take right there. And I, yeah, you, I was you, you, really were, you were finding it, but not quite there. 
I was low. Yeah, there. Okay, fair enough. I was low on Penn State last week, and then I, I did a lot of my college football reading this week in uh, in advance for Week One, and I'm surprised. Like this is James Franklin's make or break. I think if he doesn't do it this year, he starts looking for another job, whether it's moving on to the NFL or trying to find a place where he thinks he can win the whole thing if he doesn't do it this year. It, there's a lot of things that have come together for him to get to this point. A lot of heartbreak, a lot of disappointment past years where I think he is uh, he's getting short on, the, on his own leash with Penn State and what he's willing to do there and what he's willing to endure in terms of success. Yeah, um, I think I think they're in a, yeah, as you said, make or break. They sort of have the opportunity with Ohio State not being like obviously down, down, but potential for a down year. And then Michigan also is returning a bunch of you know fucking people that are going to be probably worth a shit. <laughs> so there, there are just there's at least one clear cut above Ohio State with sort of a you know a two A two B type situation. That's a, you know a coin flip potentially. Uh, Michigan, I still think's a lot better than Penn State, but well, yeah, no, they're one, and then it's oh, Penn okay. State, Ohio gotcha. State, two A, two B, sort of. Which, looking at raw talent, I would say Ohio State probably has the edge, but oh, I, for sure, I, I don't know. I mean, Penn State, James Franklin is by far the better coach because Ryan Day, I don't think, has really proven he's that great of a coach. He's just proven he can inherit and not run a really good program into the ground. Um. So, okay, 2A, 2B, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, that that <laughs> side is going to be very interesting. It's going to be them versus some probably dipshit. Whoever, whoever you know, the fucking Big Ten West is going to be a dipshit seven, fight. A 7-5 and five Illinois team. Let's go. Yeah, I will say, yeah, Ohio State may well be third seven in the and Big five Ten Iowa. East, but they are going to be the third best team in the Big Ten if that's the case. Hey, listen, when Nebraska goes undefeated in conference play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, it all starts week Thursday. Uh, Dude, they're going to lose week one. Not they're going to no, sorely miss a Reed Gilbert. There's just going to be a gaping hole at tight end. <laughs> okay, listen, it's Tuesday. It's two days before they play their first game. He hadn't gotten his NCAA waiver. There was a good chance he wasn't playing in that game either way. Yeah, you know what? I'm just here to talk shit. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. I will be disappointed if they lose to a shitty Minnesota team, though, and uh, that like god awful car salesman of a head coach they have. Is, that, is that PJ Fleck or PJ Fleck? Yeah, yeah PJ I'm, still, Fleck. I'm still waiting for him to shit his pants on the sidelines during a game in November. <laughs> yeah, you Jay- guys are you guys are big dogs. Not a big Minnesota guy ever. I'm not a big PJ Fleck guy. Okay. More importantly, um, were you were you a fan of their basketball program while they were employing? Uh, oh God, damn it! Uh, yep, that's that's one way to fuck that up. Uh, the coach's son, Richard. Uh, yeah, oh, man. for some reason, I I could have gotten away with that with just Patino, but I definitely blanked on that too. So, it's just a tough scene. It was a very tough scene. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to restart the podcast. You can get that one right. <laughs> it's a, little, a little late to go ahead and just call it quick. To our listeners, you gave us a very yeah. complete case there, Colin. Don't worry. To our listeners, Dylan had to restart twice. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, it's not easy reading off of a script that you wrote yourself. 
Uh, let's move out of the slow pitch, fast pitch, and into our main topics. Uh, first, uh, beginning with the NFL talk. You know, we're coming up on our own uh, fantasy drafts. We're coming up on, uh, you know, NFL week one, the end of the preseason. Colin, Sam, which one? Colin, you want to take us away on this? Get us started? I, I want to start. Fuck it. I, I just thought of this. I want to start with something that I think will be funny-ish to Sam. Uh, suddenly, I'm back on the Cortland Sutton train potentially next year yeah. or this uh, year yeah. <laughs> with uh, what Judy and uh, was it? It wasn't Tim Patrick, was it? Was yeah, it Tim him? Patrick? Yep. What a name. Both getting fucking hurt. Uh, I so haven't cool. seen what the extent of uh, Judy shit was. I just knew he got carted off, so not exactly it's, ideal. It's a few weeks want- of the hamstring, nothing serious, but he probably don't won't play week one. I don't want to derail us too bad, but you know, when we play Immaculate Grid, when we're all done, sometimes if there's something that's really stumped me or I'm curious or I thought of multiple guys, I'll go look through the lists, right? And it helps me for next time. Yeah. Uh, did you know that Tim Boyle spent time on the Bears, Sam? Dude, I, I've, ooh, I, yeah, I feel like I remember when, I remember hearing we picked him up. Has he actually, I feel like, I feel like I knew that. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we played him this year. I think he, he ended up playing in like week 17. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't know that year. until I was looking at what? Because what? He was, he was the Lions guy for Thanksgiving a few years back who was god awful. Yeah, the, the guy who I'm thinking of the right like, guy, right? Yes. Shit for a small college, and yeah, somehow just yeah. Was, like, was <laughs> like a losing collegiate hard. record for yeah. God didn't knows even, what. Yeah. Didn't even put up good stats. Yeah, you know. like <laughs> negative touchdown to interception or something in college. It was like a 2,300 then... yard passer. Uh huh. <laughs> and the whole NFC North, except for the Vikings, has been like, yeah, this guy kind of, okay, yeah. So the Vikings <laughs> has its quarterback situation figured uh-huh. out. Uh-huh. Jared, <laughs> Absolutely. Jared Hall and Nick Mullins are the future. <laughs> you know, there's one thing I'll put money on for sure in the NFL this season. The fucking Vikings are, are sure as shit not going to win their. Dis- their division and they'll be lucky to not be last place that's a wide open division though man that is a wide open division because are you really gonna are you really gonna slam the table for for the detroit lions like you're gonna i mean i understand looking at them face value they're probably the best team but are we really gonna go well pack it up boys the lions are gonna run away with this year man you know those lions, they got the north in a stranglehold they went the, uh, nine and eight holy shit they're here so- Harken back to last season where the most impressive Vikings wins were like the two best comebacks in NFL history. Let me tell you something. The Vikings defense has not gotten any better. It's gotten worse probably with all the pieces that they've, they've traded away or the pieces they've tried to bring. No, it's gotten worse. Oh, uh, for sure. You lose, you lose Dalvin <laughs> cook who's injury prone. So I understand why that's worked out the way it's worked out. Alexander Madison's the guy, but I, you're run, there's only so much JJ can do, and Kirk's got to get the ball to him. Jordan Addison's pretty good, but yeah, you guys are fucked. I, I agree that defense is, is rough, and it's going to be hard to keep up with it. Hopefully, Jordan Addison's as speedy on the field as he has been off. Maybe, maybe the uh, the Vikings are going to be the uh, Lincoln Riley Oklahoma of uh, of the NFC North. <laughs> <laughs> just mine. Who knows? <laughs> that's your sight's eye. All right, that's enough uh, Vikings rant. Well, one thing I was looking at is, you know, like MVP awards and shit coming up. 
And I, I was just scrolling through like odds, and uh, I saw Justin Jefferson's like plus you know nine ninety three hundred, and I was like, oh that that's something that's interesting. You know, he's easily the best uh, fucking wide receiver really available. But then I went and looked at all like the just list of fucking MVPs, and I've seen it. there's never been a wide receiver, and I was like, all right, never mind. That is how you burn money. Uh, guess uh, what quarterback that will be making his second start forever in the NFL has only plus 500 more, like, worse odds than him, Dylan? Second, give me, give me a second. He said second start ever. Uh, is it, uh, is it Brock Purdy? He's made more starts than that, right? Yeah, he's made more starts than that. Sam, do you know who I'm alluding to here? Is it Lance? No, no, it's uh, Sam Howell. Uh, oh, I can I can Here's the thing. He's it, at he's at plus 9800 compared to Jefferson's 93 and it's like I understand why it's just funny to actually well, see it when you know the impact of Justin Jefferson on the field versus fucking Sam Howell's potential which, you know, I did see Ron Rivera was just kicking himself this offseason for not starting him more. But then again, that's what happens when you have the fucking Cowboys against you. They look like frauds. You know, those are two guys where if if they're if those teams win a playoff game this year, no no matter what happens at the regular season, if they make it to the playoffs and they win a playoff game, maybe not a wild card, but an actual, you know, like a divisional round, that's the, they they got to be the guys, right? I mean, unless whoever beats them has a similarly outstanding year. Like if you take oh, a yeah. team like that, and you, you take them and they win a win a playoff game. It's gonna be because because of those two guys, right? Oh, for sure. Um, just it's it's still just funny to look at, you know. When you you know the value of Justin Jefferson, who's like a top three fantasy football pick this year, almost unanimously, if not like you know one. Yeah. And then it's Sam Howell, who's gonna go undrafted in fantasy, is like probably on the worst team in his division. Uh, he'd be a and good QB for somebody. Oh, I mean, he. I mean, he can even just you know prove to be good on his own. He's he had, he's one and zero all time starting, undefeated. Hey, where, but, where's, where's Justin Fields on that odds list? Um, it's well, not in the order, but I can. Uh, not listed. No, it's he's not in the listed. order. He's getting yeah, a lot it's just of action. Not in, I don't even necessarily endorse it, but he's a hot bet because they, they don't give they don't give MVP 20, roughly twenty two hundred. Oh. I, I didn't figure they gave uh, they gave MVP action to quarterbacks of potentially five and twelve teams. I mean, the thing is, he has the potential to put up numbers like Lamar Jackson's MVP season. Three, I mean, Lamar got it with three K and one K. Justin Fields, unfortunately, you know, it's following Lamar Jackson doing it, so it's not like it's unheard of or you know hasn't been seen recently. But there, there's easily a pathway to get there. Especially if he throws for more, because arguably, I mean, he's probably looked like a better passer than Lamar Jackson, like a pure passer. Yeah, he he honestly, I I might even disagree on that, but he he does have the the potential there. <laughs> Coming out of college, he was considered a much more of a pure passer than Lamar, but in the NFL, hasn't really shown it as much. Um, but I also think that's a victim of circumstance so far in his they career. Compared to degree, yeah, I agree. They didn't run Justin Fields that much at Ohio State compared to what they did. You know, was expected. Yeah. And he really found that in the NFL because he kind of had to run for his fucking life. Pretty which, much. I mean, he, he fell better back on that. He's better for it. I think. I think it taught him something. For um, sure. But 
I do think he's got the you know ability, like like Sam said, to be a much better passer than Lamar Jackson. And you know what? A three K one K season is impressive in college. It's triply more impressive in the NFL. Absolutely, and I, and I will say, Dylan, I, I agree. Like, if the Bears are bad, that's not going to help his case. But I honestly <laughs> think if if he puts up a a season that is like actually worthy of discussing in the realm of MVP. The Bears aren't going 5-12. and 12. The schedule is easy. <laughs> if, if Fields has an MVP season, the offense is going to be good. The defense isn't going to be that good. But it's not going to be so bad that they can't, you know, win half their games or so, if not a couple more against the schedule they have if you're getting MVP production from a quarterback. I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't really expect that to happen. But the Bears easily have a path if they play well to you know nine and eight, ten and seven, which you know ten and seven, ten and seven maybe could win the North this year. Eleven and six, it just depends how it plays out. I do believe Detroit's the best team there, but I, I think it, it's pretty wide open. And I think if the, it, I don't think Fields will win MVP. We didn't see Josh Allen win MVP. We didn't see Jalen Hurts win MVP. But that's sort of the, the the comparison that gets floated for field situation constantly is those two guys that struggle as passers through their first two years, but they're big, they're mobile, um, you know, they're dual threats, and then they add an impact receiver and take a step forward as passers. That's what we're hoping to see out of Justin. But e- even if we see that, I don't expect him to win MVP. I, I think it's a bad bet. Oh, yeah, I'm not uh, saying bet it whatsoever, but uh, just like from track record, it's not like it's fucking crazy to believe that he could put up the numbers yeah. that have won someone that MVP before. Yeah, it'd be better to bet on him than Justin Jefferson, and that's not to say that Justin Fields is better at football than Justin Jefferson, but that's yeah, the way they vote for it. Um, did you guys see the news on Matt Stafford not knowing his fucking uh, teammates? No, uh, kind of. I thought that got twisted a little bit from what I what I read about it, but wait, what I happened? That much into it. Like he had a book printed out of uh, his teammates' faces with their names, so he could remember them and shit. And that he uh, feels like, yeah, I feel like it's overblown. I just think it's a, uh, it's rough in general that he's the one going. I need to know. Oh. I have a book for this shit when it should be like, all right, I have to make sure you know if I'm on the offense. Matt Stafford fucking knows who I am because he's about to be leading, like leading me. How bad was it? Was it a book of everybody? Was it a book of just the guys who Matt Stafford might think look all look alike? Oh Jesus! <laughs> hey, um, hey I didn't, I'm just I'm just trying to see what I should think about this guy, and you know, if I should draft him. <laughs> Bro, not. I thought, I I'm not you're gonna, a Cooper. I'm not, I'm not looking to draft any racists here, you know, on my, on my fantasy team. Which one of you guys is Dreadlocks number three? Oh my! <laughs> you think he gives him nicknames, like shitty nicknames inside his little diary of pictures of his teammates? <laughs> did did uh, whoever gave it to him just gave him the fucking pre like predisposed options from Madden 24 and oh didn't actually give him real players and he's looking at him going <laughs> how, how tall is Cooper Cup? been trying to f- uh, he, like I mean he's got to be six like what 6'1 is he like I think okay because he has all of the the makings of like an undersized white wide receiver like a Wes Welker oh no he's 6'2 I think he's a little broader than, yeah, he's, than he's Welker he's 6'2 yeah. never mind <laughs> 
I used Wes Welker on... I think you're just on... his love for the game, for Wes Welker's <laughs> love for the game. Yeah, I used Wes Welker on uh, Immaculate Grid today or yesterday, I can't remember. That's very nice. Wes Welker is Oklahoma City's finest. Yeah. But, uh, okay, that's, that's very interesting. Do you think the Rams bounce back now that they have, like, healthy players, like an actual healthy offense again this year? I think to some degree, yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to, like, they're going to bounce their way to somewhere in between Super Bowl Rams and last year's dog shit. McVay's oh. going to retire. <laughs> Fuck football Rams. <laughs> I think they're going to – I think they'll probably be competitive, but I don't think that they're going to be like a – They'll be like two games back in, of whoever's second in the division. They'll be third. Seahawks. So find Seattle. Yeah, because it'll be Seattle probably Niners. Yeah, because I'm I'm personally not sold on Geno Smith and all. Yeah, honesty. personally, I, me I, fucking I, either. Well, you get one I'm, good season out of a guy; it's hard to uh, be sold on him after after be, a decade of mediocrity. Better be careful just, on that limb call and not being sold on eight year bust Geno Smith. <laughs> hey, maybe he won't write back. I don't know. God, that guy's so corny too. Uh, I, I will say if he, if, I guarantee he was rehearsing that in the mirror, like during the fucking, just like whenever he was getting starched, <laughs> and I didn't write, and it's just like, dude, fucking, I mean, yeah, you were counted out because you were fucking garbage, the, like the for a while, for your entire career, you're supposed to save the Jets, and you made them worse. Um, I, I think uh, well, IK whatever fucking made them worse by popping him in the mouth in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> but I a mean, good quarterback that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I just like Geno Smith has the fucking weapons. I just don't think he's that good. Like, I mean, I it's mean, insane. What was the contract he got from I mean, that? How many? I, how many air raid guys like in years, college? It's like three years, a hundred, two thirds guaranteed. Sorry, Dylan. with the I mean, no, no, with the exception of Pat Mahomes. What air raid guys in college go work out in the pros? Baker. Geno Smith is an air raid guy. That's a little bit different, and he working out is a little bit of a... (laughs) I know, it's a stretch. (laughs) And I know that that Lincoln was a descendant of the air raid more than direct air raid, but, you know. I mean, Kyler Mm -hmm. Murray's been respectable in the pros, although I guess respectable would be a bad word. I'd call that more of a spread, you know, like a Big 12 spread, less of an air raid. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. West Virginia at that time was like the truest of the true air raid, just like Texas Tech had been for, you know, all the all those years. But those guys don't work out in college. <laughs> or in the pros, I mean. But uh, Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I, I think I'm, what, they had the fifth, did they have the fifth overall pick this year, the Seahawks? Uh, yeah, something they like that. Who'd it it might have been sixth. Uh, they took um, uh, no. Yeah, they the corner okay. right. Was it uh, was it Witherspoon? Probably oh, yeah, they took the motherfuckers. Uh, I was from Illinois. Like, everybody else took the motherfuckers. I was hoping would fall to the Vikings late in the first round. That tends to be how it goes, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah they were fifth and took Witherspoon, and then twentieth with goddamn fucking steal uh, Smith and Jigba. That was. Uh, that was a pretty damn good fucking pick. Yeah, that's a but, nice that's a nice draft right there. But I mean, fuck, One they could have taken. I mean, they didn't need to take a quarterback at five, but <laughs> well, if they could, they fucking yeah. could have taken one at some point. They could have, like, but 
I don't. I think they are obviously not going to be as good as they were last year. Which I mean, I guess they weren't anything too fucking insane. They just overperformed like a motherfucker. But that's one. Oh shit! One team I definitely do not believe in the quarterback <laughs> of the talent around him is fucking insane. Maybe that's what made him so good. I mean. I think Pete Carroll's just a goddamn good coach. Uh, as like, it's funny. I feel like Pete Carroll's one that gets credit for being a good coach, and then doesn't get credit for being a good coach, and is seen as like not a good coach, and knows the players, and it just waffles back and forth on is he a good coach or is he a bad coach, and he's getting carried. I think uh, he's yeah, that's fair. I guess the narrative has sort of been wishy washy on him at times, but I feel like he's established himself at this point as like one of the handful of steadiest long-term coaches in the NFL oh, for sure. has got to be doing something right because they've they've seen a lot of roster turnover and stayed pretty damn good for the most part oh yeah I, I I agree he's very fucking steady for me sort of Harbaugh's in that same category uh, obviously Carroll has done more if, if um, John Harbaugh has a bad season I think he is uh ripe for firing Harbaugh for sure. I, I see that could be one where it's just like, you know, you he's reached his ceiling. Like if, he can't get you there all I, the I don't think Pete Carroll gets fired. I think he gets, Hey pal, we're gonna give you a chance here. You either retire or we're gonna publicly fire you. And if you're Pete Carroll, you retire. And I don't think this year. I think he gets at least one more year, no matter how this year looks. Just because the ta- like their draft oh, capital talent, he he's it, like the only way he somehow gets fucking fired this year is they do worse than the Cardinals. Oh, and but even then, but even then, they're sitting there going, "Holy fuck, we got Caleb Williams to throw to these motherfuckers." Maybe Pete sticks around, like. There, I, I feel like even if they play like shit and somehow get that one pick, which won't happen. Geno Smith um, throws thirty-five picks on the se- on the season. They go zero and seventeen. <laughs> Those are Jameis hey, Winston wh- numbers. <laughs> that's hey, that's why he got his money guaranteed is so he could go tank, and they could go get Caleb uh, Caleb Williams. They paid him off to fucking. <laughs> they paid him off to write back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who are, um, let's say, Colin, who are your top three Super Bowl contenders this season? Oh, my. Uh, totally not the Falcons. Um, but uh, trying to figure out how original I care to be on that. Oh, you don't have to be um, original. Give me your opinion. I know. I, oh, God damn it. I'm, fuck it. We're going. I, I like the Bills. Even though I'm pretty sure they lost a couple defensive pieces there, what they lost Tremaine Edmonds at least, you know. I'm, they but, sure did. Chicago yeah, Bears. That, that's the Edmonds. only one I can really rip off the top because uh-huh. I know he's a bear. Um, I could, you know, I could see obviously Mahomes being there every fucking year, and then the I fuck it, yeah. See, I hate that because I'm going to say the Eagles as well. Um, the Eagles drafted really well to cover up what they lost. If they didn't do that, I think I would not say the Eagles, but the fact that they got like Jalen Carter and then what was it, the Georgia linebacker as well in the 20s for their pick. There's for other first rounder. They drafted really well for some young, impactful defensive guys. I could see them getting right back there, and the NFC is weak as fuck. 
you're pretty much dealing with maybe the Cowboys who will just fraud out <laughs> at some point. Um, the NFC North, as we've sort of discussed, it's wide open and like lines are the best on paper. Do you really like who them making the playoffs? divisional round losers unless they play each other. <laughs> um, and then you got to worry about Shanahan really like, yeah. So it's just like, I, that's a, it, the NFC is so fucking weak. Um, outside of maybe some surprises happening, which obviously can happen. It's probably going to be the Eagles coming out of there, or at least making at least the NFC championship. Sam, top three Super Bowl contenders. Uh, I've really Could be got the same. it to, to five, and it, it's it's pretty much everybody he mentioned, plus the Bengals. I think the Bengals have earned their way into staying in that discussion. They have been the only team that has shown the ability to go out and beat Kansas City a, a couple different times. Um, that they, they can scheme at least well enough defensively to give Kansas City a little bit of trouble, slow them down to some extent, maybe get a, a stop or two that some other teams have not been able to get on the Chiefs. Um, so I feel like they deserve to be in that conversation, maybe ahead of the Bills. But the Bills, yeah, I'd say I'd say the Bills don't make my top three. I do still respect them. I think they'll be a good team. But I think it's got to be Chiefs Bengals is is right now the power of the AFC until proven otherwise. I'm leaning towards the Chiefs there and the NFC. Just like you said, Colin, I'm probably a little higher on the Niners than you. It seemed like, you know, obviously you acknowledge they're probably the second team in the NFC behind Philly, but almost sounded like you know Philly would probably handle business there. I don't know if I if I necessarily am inclined to think that. Uh, Philly is like a, a clear-cut favorite for the NFC over the Niners, but I agree it's really just those teams. I don't see Detroit, even if Detroit does put it together and win the North, they're not doing shit in the playoffs. I just I, I can't believe that. Dallas, obviously, <laughs> same story. They're going to find a way to shit the bed. It's I, I think I, I would be legitimately surprised if we do not see Eagles-Niners specifically as the NFC championship game this year. Um, and so honestly, I would say probably the chiefs and those two teams would be my top three, but I, I don't want to leave the Bengals completely out of the picture because I think they have the, I think, I, I think they're much more likely to beat Kansas city than Buffalo is. And, and that's been proven over the last couple seasons. Yeah. And I can see that they were pretty much the one I was really trying to figure out if I wanted to go with them or Buffalo, and just because Burrow is at this moment hurt, you know, maybe that, re- you know, you don't know. They say he's going to be out probably, you know, the first four weeks, something like that. And it's just like, you never know if that's going to extend. Um, and just, all right, I, that look tells me I, you do not uh, agree with the Burrow statement. But I, I mean, I, I could have swore they said he would. I mean, I saw something about Zach Taylor saying shit today about I'm him about not practicing, but. I mean, he he um, got banged up in the preseason. I know he did, but I don't. I have not seen shit about he's not going to play. I could maybe maybe it was just the length of the injury was like yeah, four yeah. four to well, six weeks. Here's the thing, out the gate, but here's the thing that I at least I my opinion on Joe Burrow is despite you know you see a lot of young quarterbacks come in, they're not they're very injury prone, and I'm not saying Joe Burrow's any different, but he seems to have a toughness that a lot of quarterbacks do lack. I mean. Barring serious injury, which ended one of his seasons early, he seems to be a guy who could deal with some shit and still put up, you know, a high level of play. You know, Pat Mahomes is the other one. That's why I have Bengals and Niners in my 
you know, top three or not, no Bengals and chiefs in my top three. The Niners are the third one. Um, even though their quarterback, uh, quarterback play leaves, uh, a little, actually a pretty big question, uh, whether or not, uh, Purdy can do it again. Yeah, no, that's, and that's sort of why I left them off. And like, I, it's just like, I'm hesitant to say him, even though the proof is there that Shanahan will figure it the fuck out. It doesn't matter. It's just at the same time. It's like, it's like, awesome. when is that going to stop? And you got to still be a little hesitant towards it happening at some point. It stopped I mean, that quarterback a, room well, is rough as fuck. It stopped for a few years between that Super Bowl appearance with uh, Colin Kaepernick and last year or last two years. That's that's Well, considering that was not <laughs> Shanahan, but... No, but that's when the 49ers, like... I don't know the uh, yeah it was Jim Harbaugh. But that's oh, I was I was talking like about Shanahan's like Forty like, ers train stopped was for the several years in that time span. Yeah, I was I was talking about yeah like Shanahan like th- there's gonna there's gonna be a time when he can't get more out of the guys he has and it's just like that's why I'm always just a touch hesitant. Like at at the end of the day, I'm not like I know they're going to be good, and I can rationalize that. It's just what's their ceiling, and I just cannot. You know, you don't know what it is because you don't know if it's finally going to be worse for them, or fucking Purdy turns out to be a lot better than he was already looking, which was you know a situational like systematic setup for him to succeed. It's just it's really weird. Fair enough. Uh. Biggest three pretenders. We've already kind of talked about this, but Colin. Number one every year. That oh, is shit. the motherfucking Cowboys. <laughs> um, those bumfuck pieces of shit. I am going to not be thrilled to be hearing from Jacob pretending they're going to be good at some point and do something. But, I mean, they're, they're going to be perfectly fine because the NFC is as weak as it is. But as soon as they have to play, you know, a good team, they're going to fucking look like shit. And, uh, I mean, I, I know one delusional, irrational fan that just uh, can't accept reality. So that always, you know, they're always pretenders, man. Fucking, he, delusional about the Bucks game last year throughout the season just infuriated me. So, fuck the Cowboys. They're garbage I mean, they're just unable to get through fucking one round of playoffs intact. So them, I would... God damn, who else would be a pretender? Um, The Ravens. Fuck it. The Ravens. I I just don't believe... It's not in Lamar. It's not in Mark Andrews. I don't believe in uh, OBJ. That's for fucking sure. And I just, like... They're another one where they can't get over that hump of... You know, they've probably won, what, a playoff game here and there with Lamar. I That one I don't know as well. I actually don't <laughs> think that they have won a playoff game with Lamar. I couldn't remember. I thought he snuck one out one year, but I know he lost to the Titans at least once, if not yeah, twice. I, I could be wrong. They lost um, to Cincy this year, right, With but nearly beat him with Tyler Huntley. Uh yeah, I think you're right. That was a, yeah. He's one in three. Okay. They yeah. beat Tennessee. Yeah, they Tennessee beat Tennessee in one 2021. Uh, okay, my bad. That's what. That's card, what I thought. So that's like that. To me, a wild card is like half of a playoff win. Eh, I disagree. For Baker hey, Mayfield's yeah, sake. It, <laughs> nah, it totally it totally counts. Um, 
Now, does it make up for, obviously, his shortcomings in other playoff runs? No, not at all. But, um, damn, you know, one that sort of slipped my mind either way would be the Jets. Dude, I don't think they're a pretender. I I, I don't I'm know. I'm buying in, in more and more. I think they're my number one pretender. <sighs> I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I actually would, think they're going to be good. I just think the division's tough. Do you think? Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, is obviously a good quarterback. Is it? Is it all going to work together? So here's the thing. I think, so. I think the defense is good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And they have the, the talent have there. They're good, and they haven't been able to put it together to – Well. With, what has changed in the last few years that would take them from yeah Yeah. i mean i don't this year particularly i don't you know maybe maybe not but you know he still has another year on that contract i think they are at least in an afc championship in the next two years i mean i you you know i'm not i'm just not gonna go crazy with aaron Rodgers. oh i know i know but you know you don't well you don't know we don't know that for sure you know Homeboy's gonna be. Done I mean, with yeah, yeah, he has it on the contract. Yeah, sure, you got two years, he's but like, it's definitely. He's he's more interested in like you know sitting in his closet and taking psychedelics and two years of football. I mean, but dude, he seems really in on like the Jets and what they're putting together. So you don't yeah. know, maybe maybe those last few years at fucking. Green Bay wiped him out. Sort of like how Brady was, you know, reinvigorated and sort of a different guy with the Bucks once he moved down there. Like you could see the same potentially happening with Aaron Rodgers. It's it's not like the weather change is anything that I mean, you know can brighten him up, but like that you know the idea of the talent around you, who's coaching you, um, not your OC. Um, You're assuming I have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Fucking. I know damn well Sam to an extent does not and hates him with a passion. But uh, you can't just sit there and go, he like that. His shit can't change with the Jets. His attitude, mindset, all of that. That's fresh start can refresh his want to keep playing the game easily. And I mean, he still has time to do psychedelics in the off season. He's been doing it. It's been working okay for him. I honestly, I think if you were right about that, Dylan, I don't think he ever even would have bothered with the Jets. I think he legitimately would have retired. Um, and for now, I, I I do see him. I mean, I'm not going to convince myself that he's two years tops and out of there. He said he wants to play a few good seasons, you know, recently, which you know, lucky vague. if he gets he, one good season. He likes it vague, and he loves he loves the soap opera in every offseason about what is he really going to do? You know, he, that shit's been going on for a while at this point. Uh, he, he learned learned from the best in Brett Favre with that shit and has only taken it to <laughs> only his, own, uh, his own further extremes. But, no, I think he's going to stick around. And, honestly, I think the team will be damn good. I just think the East is stacked. But, I mean, that defense is, is loaded – and then they've added, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame quarterback, is a bit of a different uh, a different engine on your offense than Zach Wilson. Like, I see Same you rolling your eyes, and I, like I, all these guys. I, I fucking hate Aaron Rodgers too, Dylan. I get it, but, like, you have to understand what, what we're dealing with here and, and, and the difference between him and the, just the revolving door of shit that has been under center for the Jets. And they've got talent. I mean, they, they've loaded up their offensive line. They've got Garrett Wilson. Though their receiver's a little thin, 
but passable. Garrett Wilson's a stud. They've got Brees Hall, who's, who looks like he's really damn good, and if he's not quite back from his injury, then they've got Dalvin Cook, who's a proven star in the NFL, although he's a little probably past his peak. Um, I just have a hard time seeing how that team would be anything below like 500 and, and most likely better than that. It's just that they play in a, in a division with, A, the best coach of our lifetimes, probably in Bill Belichick. I think only recently can you even say probably to that statement. Um, and then a, a, stu- a superstar quarterback in Josh Allen with a good defense and, and talent around him on offense. Really good team in the Bills that's been a power for a few years now. And the Dolphins. Not a lot of heart, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and you have the Dolphins who have, you know, a, a, what was a really effective offense last year. They've got an extremely talented defense, and now they have one of the best defensive coordinators of the past decade or so in Vic Fangio, um, sort of engineering that defense and trying to get the most out of the pieces they have in place there. So I think that has has the look of a really promising team, too. And that's what makes me not think the Jets are like a lock sort of contender necessarily out, out of the bat this year. But I think they're going to be good. I don't see a way they're not. Yeah, I will say because I I just fucking blanked, I guess, on everyone in the AFC East outside of Buffalo. I think the Dolphins are a pretender. They're, I mean, I don't trust to his health. Um, I, I like the coach. I like the team to an extent. Um don't think I think they're arguably the third best team in their own uh, division. It's a tough division, but they're third best. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think it's a toss up with them and the Jets. I think you could you could make the argument either way. Both are very yeah, and I and I think and, and Miami has shown that they their offense can be productive and effective. Last year, I'm sure the Jets can too, but we just haven't seen it happen. I think uh, it's hard to discount Miami entirely if, if Tua can stay oh, healthy, which is no well, guarantee. Funny you mentioned that because Miami is another one of my pretenders just because every year we say this and every year with the pieces, with the same pieces, you know, they have the pieces there, can't stay healthy. One way or another, they piss it all away at some point in the season. They got a good coach. They got good talent. They got a good quarterback if he stays healthy. They got good running backs. They got good wide receivers they're going to find a way to piss it away. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's only their second uh, – it's only the second year under this head coach. And I honestly well, – I don't know if the Dolphins the, really you know. have quite the history, that you, the recent history that you're making it out to be of being, like, consistently highly thought of entering the year. Well, no, last blown year it, like, they were playoff contenders. If you read, you know, the, yeah. the, your predictions and everything, they'll piss it away again. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, but I mean, they also dealt with health issues, and I don't think health issues maybe make it you a total pretender when you're, you know, fucking quarterbacks throwing up blood signs <laughs> and shit. But like, it definitely is troublesome to rely on, and that's what I think. That you can't trust. Hey, hey now, Skyler you can't Thompson. trust the fucking Dolphins. Jesus Christ, Skyler man! Thompson is the future of that franchise. Who knows, maybe fucking McDaniel has done better than fucking Levy did and prepped a fucking backup this year. Um, and will they, they'll have some talent if and when Tua gets concussed. Hey, Davis Bevel's um, the next Tim Boyle. You put some respect on his name. Dude, his ass is third on our depth chart, and it is too damn high. 
I did not see my man General Booty there. And uh, I was bumped. <laughs> well, yeah, but his bevel really somehow much better. He he at least he nah he at least deserved an or to that fucker's name. You might be right. I just I'm I'm not gonna g- gain any sort of faith in any of the other motherfuckers who have apparently not been able to beat out Davis Bevel for this. Spot. I'm just like, fucking. I'm happy to see Jackson Arnold at two. Oh, that, of course. I mean, that would have been honestly depressing to see a fucking Davis Bevel above all of them and just go. Oh God, no. he was a miss. He wasn't a five star. Uh, that that seems, would have been horrifying, man. That seems like a great segue into week one college football and probably our betting segment since this episode's getting a little long in the tooth. All right. So I know you gentlemen bet a little bit on week zero. We won't uh, discuss that too much. There's not much oh, good to discuss bad. from there. Just um, ugly. So, somehow, I, you know, I laid off of it, and it turned out for the best. Uh, You're going to in Hawaii, what? like I said on the podcast, instead of fucking uh, flipping. Spineless motherfucker. Day. Who, me or Dylan? Uh, you. <laughs> oh, for not betting on it, but making money in other ways on betting? Bill. Uh, let me just... Oh man! There was That's nothing just... good. I, I I'm starting, you know, fucking be cautious. Has that stopped you? That has never. When other sports you. have been heavily, you know, in the go, soccer's, you know, two weeks back, and I've been doing great with soccer. Uh, baseball and I not not doing well together. Uh, the closing stage of the season, bit rude. Last month, fantastic. This month, not good, not good at all. Um, but fuck, you know, it was. Fuck Brian Newberry. Fuck Vanderbilt and their half-finished fucking stadium. Fuck Hawaii. I couldn't couldn't believe you bet on a team without a full stadium. Uh, You know what? After I sat and thought about it, betting on Hawaii seemed even fucking worse considering how bad they got beat last year. If you go look at their roster and what they returned, it seemed like it was going to be even fucking worse, which is why I flipped from what I said on the podcast last week to actually place the fucking bet. Now this week I can't do that because these are all locked in. I already already placed them. Same. I will say that the one thing that startled me looking at this week is how many numbers I looked like like uh, spreads I looked at and go tease tease it and it's just uh, oh, it's a long fucking list. There's some on here, and you that means tease. there's so much. I mean, uh, there's definitely some of that. But also just the numbers line up, you know, where whether it be like teased down to be safer or parlayed with another around the same odds. And I'm just like, oh god, no! Can't will week one be a bloodbath? I mean, it it could be, or it could be very nice to me, and I doubt it'll be very nice to me. No, nope. um, Dylan, since you're already locked in, let him rip. All what right, you got uh, these aren't in chronological order these are in the order that i see them on my bet sheet so uh, i have penn state this is the biggest spread i'm willing to do i have penn state minus 20 and a half versus west virginia at uh, minus 110 uh but you know what i mean i mean we've been just talking about how good we expect penn state to be so west virginia team that's still gonna be hot trash you don't think penn state's a three you know a three touchdown lock Maybe not I feel a lock, like we talked but... about this last week, but isn't West Virginia supposedly on the up and up a, a little, little bit? Like, no, Neil on Brown the up, comparably. 
Neil Brown. Like, I know they want their coach fired. I know they want their coach fired, but I have also read that I thought that they were it's going to be half respectable this year. I mean, no. I think they've been com- like comparably from the past two years, they are expected to be better. Just the past two, three years have been utter horseshit. So Fair. it's just like it's like ah, going from it. it, it I mean. Without the look of KU, because KU actually showed that they looked like they could play, like they have the chance to become bowl eligible again, maybe, and that's their biggest step up. It's not really a we're going to be fighting it out for, you know, double-digit wins, even fucking eight wins. We're going to be hopefully 500 and get a shitty, shitty bowl. I think that's like their ceiling really this year. Um, so I, I mean, Penn Penn state's expected to, you know, as we were sort of discussing earlier, make a break year for Franklin, potentially they're supposed to be good. Um, are they at home? Is Penn state at home for this one, Dylan? I think so. Yes, they are. So, I mean, I, as you know, I know Penn state people are so big on their fucking, sell out white out bullshit, but I mean, being at home against a team still trying to figure stuff out, that's. It's it's that number's not crazy. Uh, next, I have North Carolina as two and a half point favorites uh, at minus one fifteen over South Carolina. This very same South Carolina team who just lost their offensive coordinator this season. Uh, he was hired elsewhere, uh, and it was kind of a tenuous eight and four at South Carolina last year. Um, although Marcus Satterfield did a lot to influence that, I think working with. Um, why am I blanking on his name? He's Rango. He's a lizard, lizard man. boy. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, Spencer Rattler. Uh, I think they take a step back. North Carolina, I think, will continue to be have middling success, which is enough to take out South Carolina. Uh, next, I have what I thought was a very juicy line, and you guys might want to look into it, and uh, it'd be even better if you teased it. But Boise State's 14.5-point underdogs to Washington – uh, some are saying that this is the best Boise State team in years with one of their better quarterbacks in the past several years. Got to get um, on that money line then. Uh, I'm not I, that brave. Give me 14 I, and a half points I, all day. I am staring at Washington neg 14 and a half with T's written next to it on mm. on my sheet. I mean, I, guess, I mean, no, I, I, it's definitely probably the one I'm least uh, – of my list, like least confident in, so it'll probably be the one left off in general. But I mean, they're just defensively typically so good, um, and they they're returning a good old Phoenix Junior. So I just <laughs> don't I don't know. Like you know, they're, they 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 can be very good. First half. I mean, yeah, it's just Blows it's one where it's like out. they could be very good. Their defense is, t- you know, typically quite good. They're what they're ranked tenth or fourteenth preseason. I have blow his knee it, out in the first quarter. It'll be little bits of patella <laughs> all over the oh. all over the field. Oh god! But <laughs> um, would be more devastating than a Phoenix injury. No question. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, that's one where I just don't know enough about Boise State to say don't do it. It's just I. Washington, I sort of trust in that spot, to at least a tease. Maybe fourteen and a half. You know, that's where that half is always the one I you stare at and go, I can't take that straight up, especially from a favored standpoint. That's where you almost have to buy the half point to at least have that push protection. But it is what it is, man. I don't know much about this Boise State team, so and then I, got, I can't can't blame you. I got two more. Give me Nebraska plus seven on Thursday night. 
uh, because this yeah, is a game coming. that Nebraska. Well, if you look at it, Minnesota's down. Nebraska, ostensibly at least defensively, is on the way up. It would seem so far, following some of the some of what Coach Rule has to say and what uh, the media has to say about this Nebraska team and their new new defensive coordinator. That's a, that's a game I think Nebraska could win outright. Now I'm not willing to put down money for the money line, so give me uh... plus seven, minus one ten. And then this last one, the odds don't don't move it as a flyer, but I'm going to kind of consider it a flyer. I'm taking the over for LSU Florida State at 56 and a half. Last year the last year the uh the total point scored was 57 or 47 because that was a 23-24 game. I think the offenses on both these teams have grown into what both of these head coaches want to see whereas the defenses are probably more of the same from last year. Uh, I might get burned on this one, but it's already locked in. Let's take it. That's what I got. Yeah, don't I don't hate that one. Um, I have that one sort of involved somewhere. The under, uh, would just be, not the over. I had to think real hard on whether or not I just wanted to take the under because of what happened last year. But I think the offenses have moved a lot more than the defenses have. So Norvell and uh, what's his face? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Brian, they have the opportunity. Yeah, Brian Kelly. Yeah, Brian Kelly. Yeah, no, I think both teams have opportunity to improve. I just don't know if it'll be defensively. So I, I see, I see the logic there. Uh, Sam, what do you got? All right, I have got, um, for starters, I have got the Utah State Aggies plus 25 in their game against Iowa. That is is a very uh, out-of-the-ass bet, but I am just essentially banking on the fact that 25 points uh, is a lot of ground for Iowa to cover. And if Utah State gets anything in, I mean, I, it's just going to be real tough. If Utah State gets a touchdown, you're telling me, you know, Utah's going to have to probably get up to about 34 is the, the score they'd probably actually land at to cover that. I don't know. That seems that seems tough for me to believe. So I'm I'm banking on that one, just hoping if I happen to tune in, I get to see some shitty shitty Iowa offense and feel good about it. Uh, I have also got the Houston Cougars uh, neg 101 on the money line against UTSA because I I I, again, I know nothing here. I know even less than I knew on the Utah State and Iowa bet. But I just I feel like if Houston, come on, you know, you're in the Big Twelve now. You're playing UTSA, and and you're at home, and it's where you're telling me it's even on the money line to take care of business on that. Dana Holgerson, if you cannot get this shit done, you need to walk the plank. Uh, give me Houston, and then I have got. I guess we're all touching on this one in some capacity, probably because it's it's about the most intriguing matchup of the weekend, or arguably. But I've got Florida State's money line plus one sixteen against LSU. I like uh, it. I just have a good feeling about them this year. I like that they're going to be at home. I feel like you you on occasion can see some of these early season games go to a fired up home team that maybe isn't quite, quite on the level of the team that they bring it against, but that's, that's the way it goes. And I don't think LSU is so infallible that they're above that. Um, so give me Florida state kind of arriving back into national relevance. I think early I think, this season, I think Norvell figured it out last year, you know, as the season went on and I think he's just going to run right into the 2023 season. So I like it. Yeah, so, all right, from that, I ha- I, I'm i not going to lie, there's nothing I've really locked in fully. I was l- mulling my options on figuring how I want to probably tease some of these together, and so I have like oh, five wow. or six games. What a little bitch. 
Hey, man, I take it a day at a time. Him and I going straight up, and you come in here with a five-leg teaser. No, there's probably going to be, like, three or four (laughs) teasers uh, mixed together within some of, like, you know, taking these options that I do like. So, number one, I'll list the teaser ones that I like first. Uh, I got Utah, Neg, six and a half, the straight-up line. Um, Them against fucking Florida. I don't respect that Florida team, and as much as I don't like camerizing, they do have, they are returning him. It is something to, you know, think will probably work out. I believe they're at home for this one, because uh, if I remember right, that cocksucker threw a goal line interception Correct, uh, to yeah. blow that game. Thank you. That's it's why I DM'd him. Friend of the um, pod, Cam Rising. <laughs> for original, like, oh, first fucking playing, week so, one yeah. or... Is he hurt? Uh, he he may or may it's not it is not certain that he's starting because oh, he may or God. may not still be dealing with an injury. And now they're they have to say some things about the injury report. That's like two hours before the game. No, it's not for sure. As of today, unless something changed like this afternoon, Cam Rising is not a, a given to play to start on. Uh, they play Thursday. Yeah, they play Thursday. Yeah, they play Thursday. Shit, I I fucking. He says he's excited. He says he's ready to go, but it's not. It's it's seems wishy-washy. It's still one that I think Florida is going to be relatively dog shit. That even with a backup that has some playing time and probably a fair amount of, you know, camp work with them at least. You know, it's teasing them down to pretty to winning, and I can still see that happening at Utah. All this shit. So I think it's one worth it. Uh, my next piece that I liked, and this one was one where I was still concerned about it, but Louisville's sitting at seven and a half point favorites against Georgia Tech. Uh, tease that down to about one and a half. It's not great, but I definitely don't like seven and a half, as I was sort of saying earlier with uh, Washington at 14 and a half, sort of a gross number to deal with. But Jeff, I just I don't believe in Georgia Tech at uh, all. Jeff Brom, um, Jeff Brom's good coach. Yeah, I just you know you don't I don't I gotta you know I gotta learn the hard way and fucking see it happen. I guess that's Georgia, that's where I Georgia, sort of stand. Georgia Tech lost their fruitful starting you know young quarterback. So yeah, it's it's just it's it's one where week one's obviously trial by fire with some of these teams that are a little more you know have a couple unknowns and stuff. What, you know, are they going to actually be good or not or respectable or be able to play the game worth a shit at all? Georgia Tech is just for a while there, I think, not been good. So I'm not banking on them coming out, firing on all cylinders week one. Um, Next teaser piece that I like is Liberty Neg nine and a half at home against Bowling Green. Uh, Despite uh, losing their head coach, I think they are still going to be you know, one of the better teams in their conference and tease that down to whether it's three and a half or three. I'm I'm banking on a lot of home stuff working for most of these teams as well. And it's just Liberty's been good for a while. You know, they've created a culture of, you know, success over the past few years. It could leak into week one. Just sort of got to trust it. Sorry, I don't believe in the action that's coming in with Bowling Green. Uh, which uh, on the other side, you don't know what you're going to get from some of those Mac teams. So that makes it, it it makes it sketchy for sure. 
from there, I said Washington at neg 14 and a half tees down to, you know, single digits. I could see that being a 10 point game or, or more, you know, they could just run away with it, get, you know, start strong, start the season strong, keep showing that they're good defensively and that Phoenix uh, is ready to get nice and rise to the occasion. Um, He's upright. He's upright all game. You know, as much as you want him to look stiff, I don't think he will. (laughs) But that's another one I sort of like, just as we were sort of talking when you brought it up. Um, Funny enough, I have the other side of Washington on that, in this sort of teasing team as as well. Washington State at neg 11. I know they got hit with all this Pac-12 devolving bullshit, and I think that brings them... I think they're going to play fucking hard this year. Like, you know, it's sort of a fuck you year. And they're starting it off on the road, albeit, to uh, Colorado State, who is god-awful. Or at least it was last year. Uh, they are neg-11 outright, so that's teased down to, you know, a touchdown. I can see that. I think Washington State, you know, they may not be, like, outstanding, but they're going to come out the season, I think, firing. They're going to be playing hard. That's fucking sure. They're going to be trying to prove a point. This is pretty much their audition year. So those teams that are getting, you know, the pack four, they got audi- they got some auditioning to do to make it into potentially another fucking uh, conference. So there's there's work to do this year. And it's pretty much like fucking being on the last year of your contract trying to get a new one, and you're sort of ambiguous on how much they should pay you. And then my last one, and it definitely has sort of a question mark to it, I have LSU at neg two and a half either as a straight bet or a tease, because then you can get them on the flip at plus three and a half, so a field goal game. If I remember right, that game was pretty tight last year. It was a one-point game, came down to a final uh, final field goal. I was not willing to pick a winner of that game, which is why I went with the over-under. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I get that. So I sort of was like, that's one why. That's why I said last year. So Yeah, so that's what that, I remember. I, I think it'll be in that, you know, it, it could be that close. That's why... If I'm, if, you know, by then I'm a little worried about it, I'll tease it to LSU plus three and a half and expect a close game. Um, if I feel confident with it, depending on how the rest of the weekend goes, neg two and a half and let it fucking ride. Uh, outside of that, though, my straight bets that I really like, um, one is going to be uh, Tulane neg six and a half. They are playing... They're playing South Alabama at home. They're doing it at home. We obviously knew what they did last year in their uh, New Year's Six bowl game against, you know, they beat obviously a prolific offense. They're ranked to start the year. Some some are saying Tulane is the next Boise State in terms of success over the next few years. Yeah, I just think six and a half at home coming off a really good year where I don't think anything too, too crazy happened to their roster. Fucking let it ride. Um, my So I got two more. UNC, South Carolina, over 64 and a half. I do not think either of those teams are going to be exactly defensive superstars. Um, Rattler still has a lot to prove if he wants to play, you know, NFL ball in any capacity. Um, he, you know, he sort of recouped a little value that last year, but you know, he's still, he's still ass. I mean, he, he has not proven that he is draft worthy or even fucking that much of a 
you know, unless he's going to fucking Arizona to stay warm, uh, you know, as an undrafted free agent behind probably Caleb Williams and Kyler, like he's he's not gonna fucking end up anywhere without proving it this year. And I'm not too sold on UNC, so I could see that just being a shootout. Uh, South Carolina was in a lot of shootouts towards the end of last year, and they returned their quarterback, so that's a big reason why. And then my last one, and this one, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I don't, I wouldn't say I have no faith in, but I could see going poorly. It's going to be OU first half, neg 20 and a half. Um, I hate I expect that defense first half line because it's a, you, you know, never know if, how they're going to come out. Exactly. What if they're slow to get going? You know, I have, uh, you know, that's why it's more of a wishful thinking bet in my eyes. I think that defense is going to come out sort of like last year. Fucking, you know, let's go. We're here to play defense this year, but this time Venables has his guys has a full year to get even like, you know, some of the leftover guys, them in his system, how he wants, uh, the offense, Gabriel again around, you know, there's just opportunity for these guys to be ready to go. Um, they're at, obviously they're at home. So it's just Arkansas state's not exactly, uh, scaring them. So I could see that I could see this at being like 28 to seven at half, maybe, maybe something like less than that for Arkansas state, or maybe, you know, our offense comes out flying. I will say the big concern is how much we probably run the ball. If we can't get big breaks on the run, I could see that not covering, though. Righty. But, yeah, no. Long list of shit I'm looking at. I don't know what I'm going to do with how I want to tease some of those, but I definitely have some some ones that aren't too crazy big because there obviously are big spreads at the start of the year when a bunch of non-con shit happens. So... All right, we might have some good, bad, and ugly back again. Long awaited next week. Uh, any last words, gentlemen? Um, my uh, will Rutgers beat the shit out of a Northwestern team, or will Northwestern be allowed to Shrek clap? Oh Rutgers God. is neg six and a half, and I'm not gonna lie, that's one that I have written down as a question mark, but not as a to bet, just because Northwestern has obviously been a massive clusterfuck all off season. Okay. And that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Go check out our Twitter at three planes SB. That's at the number three P L A I N S S B to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet. And keep an eye out for future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from. And remember, quitters never win big, and big winners never quit. We're out of here. <laughs>